we um, heard this English being spoken beyond the, the doors. And we couldn't tell by the way it was being spoken that it was being spoken by an, another tongue. We just thought it was English being spoken by maybe some of our people. And we were surprised when we threw open the doors and in our marine outfits to see what was going on. And this older man and four or five children were seated on a thatch floor around a table. And on the table were these typewritten pages. And uh, he got up and bowed and said uh, that he uh, was uh, teaching these children English from a story. And the story was the family of my elder sister. And I want to know, what's this story, you know? So I picked them up. I talked to them. But as I read this story, I thought, this is something. This is really something. And I have the original story. That should be in a museum somewhere because it, it was written by this man who happened to be in, I think he was in hospital at the time he'd, he'd been in the Japanese Navy. And so he wasn't in Nagasaki at the time of the Genshi Bakudan. That's atomic bomb. But he sat down and he wrote this story. It was a family of my family of my elder sister. My sister's house stood in the northern part of this town. There were small woods and vegetable gardens around it. Little as it was, not only snug, comfortable, but it seemed quite safe from any kind of bombs. She, husband, and four children were all members of her family. A terrible accident took place in the city of Nagasaki on August 9, 1945. Exactly writing, it was 20 past 11 in the morning. Her husband, who was at office, left home early in that morning, as usual. She and all children were in their house then. She had been sewing some clothes, and two children were close by her in one room. The rest were in another room. All of a sudden, extraordinarily strong flash went all over the earth. In an instant, a highly pressed, heated wind hushed over like a deluge, and at the same moment, numberless homes were crushed down to pieces. Many fires occurred here and there, and were spreading rapidly in all directions. My elder sister was a quiet, gentle, and well-educated woman. All her children were sweet, clever, and good-mannered. She and two children, one was a daughter of 11 years of age and the other boy of three, were killed on the spot. Perhaps strong, radiant-type rays ran through their bodies directly. One of the other two children, who was a clever eight-year-old boy, was badly burnt, chiefly on shoulder and left arm. And the other, who was a lovely girl of six, looked rather well, miraculously. As her father was working in the city office at that time, he was not wounded, fortunately, for the office was situated two or three miles away from the city of center of the explosion. Three hours later, he came here to inquire after the health and talked with us at some time, seeming to believe firmly his family were all right. Flames had been spreading all over the northern part of the town. It might be one of the most enlured spectacles ever witnessed in the world. All living things looked suffocated by dense smoke and heat. At any rate, he had to go back to his house soon, but he couldn't go by the main streets, so he hurried, taking a detour over hills and through woods. At dusk, he got to a place with much ado where his house had stood. What a pity. There was no house, no wife, no children, even no living things. 
By the time the house was completely burnt to ashes, being quite bewildered, he searched for something. He didn't know what. He rushed madly in all directions. At last he found two children sitting by a corner of a cave that had been digged to shelter themselves from bombs. He asked them obstinately about their mother and other children over and over again. Soon he came to know fully the miserable and misfortune that was his. As there was no help for it, he passed the night trembling in the same cave with children. The following day was fine and very hot. Many stripes of smoldering smoke were going up in the sky. Though the sun shined brightly, it seemed to be cloudy. To make matters worse, all of them were extremely hungry and thirsty. He was quite at a loss, not knowing what he should do next. The wounded boys continued to cry bitterly from much pain and fear. He had been driven almost wild by the pressing circumstance and deepest disappointment. He had to pass the night again in the cave, but he had been regaining self-possession gradually. The next morning, he determined to go to my house with living children at all events. To walk all the way about three miles, carrying the wounded child on his back and leading another by the hand was a work requiring extreme perseverance. Their clothes were all tattered and covered with mud. When they arrived here, we couldn't look at them without tears. We had scarcely heard his long story when we all filled with deep grief. Four days passed and the long-continued war came to an end. Far from quick recovery, the burnt child had been losing his physical strength every day like a consumptive patient. After two days of his coming to my house, he went to the place of his house in deep sorrow to gather the bones of dead persons. Nothing can be more touching than the feeling with which he searched in the burnt ashes for the bones of his dearest and darlings. Two weeks later, the little girl, who had looked quite well, fell ill suddenly. Many tumors of red color appeared on the whole body, and she cried bitterly day and night with severe pain in the belly. After some difficulty, a doctor was sent for. After medical examination, the physician said positively that the symptom was malignant and helpless, so the girl would never recover. The worst came too early. At last, sick children perished in dead agony at the beginnings of the following month, one after another. The atomic bomb deprived my sister's husband of all his dearest, and now he's left alone in the world. What is more terrible, it is the atomic bomb. What is most inhumane, it is a war. What is best, then, it is peace. It's written on October the 18th, 1945, by... Yoshuichi Okabura, whose address was Yorozu Yamachi, 75, Nagasaki, Japan. I wanted to get this story of his back to Japan or some, some sort of a place to reserve it so they would have it to read, because I think it is a, an interesting story. And interesting that, that they took this story and turned it into something to read to the children as a lesson and a morality story, you know. And I wonder if I were to write a story of something like this, if I could keep my, my feelings about the enemy out of it. And there was no mention about the hatred for us causing this horrible 
thing and what the atomic bomb did to them, you know. And I think he, like many of us, felt, well, you know, maybe that's the end of war, and that's the important thing. If we have ended war with this, well, that's fine.